We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, July 8th. And you know what we do on Fridays? It's Fighting Fridays. We're fighting each other on Fridays. Maybe not me and you. I I, I have no problem with the people in the YouTube chat. I see you guys, Suki Singh. What has got here a little bit early? Andrew Garcia, good morning, card fan. Hit that thumbs up button. You know how much that helps out. Give me those thummy thumbs. First thing in the door, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We'll be covering uh, baseball uh, later today. It's a 14-game MLB slate. Dean and the guys. I don't know. Dean may be out, actually. I think uh, maybe it's... There'll be people. There'll be people there. I don't know. I don't know who's on the show. But Grinders Live will be later today. Crunch Time, uh, which is free all season, brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, there's also a special FanDuel strategy video. And we got plenty of stuff behind the paywall for Roto Grinders premium members, which you could sign up by clicking on the link in the description and get $10 off. Uh, we recorded it almost, almost just under a two-hour uh, premium podcast for uh, the, the UFC card tomorrow with Liam breaking down all the fights, Mike there as well. So check that out. We'll have the expert survey out as well. Projections, the ownership, the the tools, right? You obviously get to use lineup HQ. So uh, click there, get a, get a combo premium package, get all the sports. You get, you don't have to worry about anything and play. And then we got some, we got summer league basketball content also. So, and, and projection, we got summer league NBA projections. So if you want that, you got to come behind, come behind the premium section 
I also have a Discord channel, Blenders Game Theory. You could ask questions, post there any anytime you want when it comes to DFS strategy. I run coaching calls there three or four times a month. So just, hey, value add. It doesn't cost any extra. Uh, Joshua Frick, good morning. Good morning. Uh, tomorrow's uh, UFC card. I mentioned this on the, the premium podcast. A lot of times on, on, many, on many cards, people overplay the 9K fighters a little too much. Because on a 12-fight card, the, the, lower, the lower that you go in salary, the less likely you're going to be duplicated, right? The duplication factor goes down. Because most people like filling out, like, all of their salary. So a 50K lineup is much harder to be unique or less duplicated than a 49-8 lineup or a 49-6 lineup, 49-4 lineup, like those types of lineups. Can you find unique lineups that are 50K? Yeah, there, there aren't many. Can you find unique lineups that are 49.9? Yeah, but there aren't as many. But as you go down, even though the ownership may seem like you're still playing fairly chalky fighters, but you'll even 800 on the table, like that ownership sum looks high, but it, in fact, it, it's not going to be as duplicated as you think it's going to be. So on many cards, on many cards, uh, people overplay the 9K fighters. And because the mid-range fighters have enough upside to beat out the 9K fighters. So a lot of times you're leaving 500 on the table and instead of playing a 9K fighter, you're playing an $8,700 person instead and leaving money on the table. And that person has to outscore all the 9K fighters. So a lot of times mid-range builds are not as common on most slates, on most slates. On this slate, however, I think mid-range, I think the mid-range is actually going to be the most hammered section so like the combinations of those mid-range fighters and like one 9k fighter i think is going to be the most popular combination something like we have onama right i think the popular combinations would be something like onama plus either bahayo or tercios or vander i mean i shock jared vander it just sounds awful but i mean he's plus 125 inside the distance at 8600 so maybe it's something i mean you could obviously fit in Fiziev, Vandera, uh, Ronnie Lawrence, right? See, so most it's most this combination is most likely not going to have Fiziev because it's going to have Dosanios in the main event underdog. So you're going to see some type of combination like this with like Tercios, seventy seven hundred, and maybe Nina Nuno. Okay, maybe not. Uh, let's see, Tercios for. Like Baraglio, seventy six hundred, yeah, something, something like this. Some type of combination. Like if if, if you don't play Fiziev, you're probably playing Dosanos at seventy two hundred. So like if you're playing two eight K fighters, like even if you take a Vandera, like you could probably play Onama, Lawrence. You're playing Dosanos. You still have 83.67. So, yeah. So, you, you could end up playing something, you know, if you, let's see. If you're not playing, you're playing Chase Sherman there. If you're not playing Vandera, yeah, and you could still fit in, you know, something like Baraglio or Treshawn Gore or Brundage. I just don't think, like, like guys in this range, other than Dos Anjos, are going to be that owned. I don't think Courtney Casey's, well, maybe Courtney Casey only because not many people are going to play Antonina Shevchenko, 
but I don't think Zahabi is going to be that owned, or Petrosian is going to be that owned, or Johnson's going to be that owned, or the, the Silva de Andrade is going to be that owned, or Armfield definitely. I think people are going to try to jam in as much in the middle as possible, which means that Fazeev's ownership is going to go down. I still think he's going to be over 30% owned, and I still don't want as, as much of him. But the first thing that you do in MMA, especially if you're playing large field GPPs, and even if you're not, is figuring out what the popular combinations are going to be because you're trying to avoid the combinations. So if you're going to play Onama and, and Fiziev together, average remaining salary, 79.25. If you're going to play that with, let's say, uh, Jared Vandera and uh, and Ronnie Lawrence, like how many combinations could, of the last two fighters, you only have 73.50 and you're not going to stack a fight. Right, so you take a look at this and you go, okay, let's go to our little combo calculator here. Right, I still have yes to last. I mean, who knows what the field size is? Like, I, I should update it for that because it's not 37,000, it's a little bit lower than that. Right, let's make sure. Let's go to my phone, just update this 32,679. Okay, so 32,679, just a little bit lower. Okay. I'm going to get rid of these. And what 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 is our ownership for this? I don't necessarily agree completely with our ownership. 49, 39, 38. 49, 39, 30, 39, 38, I think 31. All right, is that what we got here? Yeah, something like that, right? And then we're going to just run Okay, we have all of this in place. We're going to put it up to 300. How many combinations could there possibly be? For the last two fighters, when the average remaining player salary is 73.50, nine, right? You run until until it breaks, right? Nine. So the average dupes is 81 times. I mean, if you played those four fighters together, you're just going to run into too many dupes. Even if you don't agree with this own, I mean, even if you take down the ownership, even if you think, even if you say, well, maybe Fazib's thirty-two percent owned, and Vandera is only thirty-two percent owned, and Lawrence maybe comes in at thirty, maybe twenty-nine. I mean, you're still going to run in. I mean, let's say we even do that. That we'd like, okay, let's put him at thirty-two and put him at thirty and put him at twenty-seven. I mean, you're still looking at the you know forty-six average dupes, the remaining two slots, right? Because you can't even you can't even build. You can't even leave that much money on the table also. These are all like 49-4. You got that line. But most likely this combination is going to be duped too much. Onama, Fizzy, Vandera, Lawrence. You're trying to find out which combinations are going to be the most used and not use them. So this would be the candidate for a group of no more than three. I mean, personally, I would say no more than two. But it's like you want you experiment. You use, use lineup HQ. You could do this in Excel also if you want to, you know, kind of use the solver functionality in Excel. But if you don't, I could just, I mean, I hack through it just lineup HQ. Put the combination in, run 300 lineups and see where, where, where it stops. But how about the Dosanos combinations? So let's say we take away Fiziv. Dosanos is to be the most popular underdog, probably Onama plus. This is going to be a popular combination also. Same exact thing, but with 28%. So we're going to do 28, that was 38, and 31. Okay, a little bit less. So, I mean, there's more combinations, though. 
If you have 49, 28, 38, 31, that's 1.62% of lineups on average. So how many how many lineups of the last two spots here? Now we have a lot more lot more space, 82.50 average. Like how many combinations is that actually? 69. We put that in a 69. Average dupes is seven. Okay. Not as bad. But it depends on which. Remember, this is average dupes. Some of these lineups with the last two may be duped 25 times. Some may be unique or duped twice. And that, that's probably going to be based on salary. So, for instance, we just go by, by salary, high to low. Like, most likely, this, this lineup would be duped with Tercios and Nunes in it. Roberson Calvillo, 50,000. Right? These are the ones where we say average duplication seven. These are the ones that may be duped 15 times, 20 times. Then we go by the lower salary. And even though it's that combination, like this, this may be a unique lineup, 47 6, because you just plug in the two biggest underdogs that aren't the opposites of the other fights. Right? So the ownership could be high. I mean, we take a look and we go just projected ownership, high to low. Right? 207, 50,000. Like this is, this is heavily duplicated. Heavily duplicated. 49.9, heavily duplicated. Okay, here's 49.2 at 202. So even though the ownership sum is high, this lineup may not be as duplicated. I don't think this is a unique, this, this may not be a unique lineup, but this may be an under five. So if you're just going bluntly based on ownership sum, you may be missing out on some of these lineups. So some people just go and go, okay, I look at this, I... They end up seeing some 50K lineup, right? Like 198.7 and go, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov and a Petrosian. This up, this is two, this is two duplicated. So I'm just going to cut off at 198. So it doesn't build any lineup that has an ownership sum higher than it. Well, we found two lineups up here that may actually be under five or maybe even unique. Maybe, probably not, maybe two or three. But because it only it, it only spends 49.2 or 49.1, it's more likely not to be used by other people as much. So that, that that's the, the byproduct of use of strictly using ownership sum to build your lineups. You can. You can't. I mean, if you want to do it bluntly, if you don't want to go through the nuances of each lineup like this, and you just go, oh, I'm just going to set my, I'm going to go to whatever I think is the lowest and go, I'm going to cut it off at 155. And I just want to build lineups on, oh, you could do that. You're going to be missing a lot of lineups, but you're also going to be getting a lot of unique lineups. You're also going to need to probably play a lot of under-owned fighters and not be not be comfortable with your lineups. You're going to have a lot of Michael Johnson and Chase Sherman in your lineups. And you're going to be, you're going to be kind of icky going into tomorrow's slate. Going through the YouTube chat, Ian Braden, good morning. If you got any questions, you could always post them in the YouTube chat, especially about the MMA card, the UFC stuff coming up tomorrow. Small field, large field, I play them both on DraftKings. I don't know what the hell's going on on FanDuel. Don't even ask me about uh, UFC stuff on FanDuel. No idea. I mean, I I, I know it exists. I just don't play it. Uh, MJC said, would you suggest large fields even if I were not to max enter or sticking to the single and three max is the way to go? Are 15K plus fields a waste with only a few entries? No, that's what I used to do. I would suggest you play the contests 
that you do the best in building lineups for, okay? Or do you build good large field lineups? And it doesn't matter that you don't play 150 of them. Play three of them, play five of them, play 10 of them, play one of them. Is it a plus EV lineup? That's the only thing that matters. Is it a plus EV lineup? Yes, play it. Single entry and three max contests, smaller field contests, different types of contests. The lineups that you would build for a single max, single and three max are going to be different than you build from a large field contest. Are you better at building those types of lineups? If you are, then play those. It's, it's as simple as that. There's no correct answer to this question. How good are you? Imagine asking a basketball player, would you suggest taking uh, three-pointers rather than uh, than layups? They go, well, are you good at three-pointers? They go, no, I'm horrible at three-pointers, but I'm very good at layups. They said, so drive the lane and, and lay the ball up. Should I work on my three-point game? It's like, can, how many points? Are, are you the best at layups and driving the lane and slamming the ball? Getting drawing fouls? Yeah. So who cares about the three-pointers? Then you talk to Steph Curry, and it'll be like, okay, take the three-pointers. Right? So there's no correct answer. What are you good at? My, my, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good across the board, but my strong suit is for large field contests. So that's what I primarily played. Doesn't mean I can't play single entry and three max contests. I mean, I've been, I'm doing that a little bit now in baseball, a little. I do that in soccer. But for the most part, I'm good at identifying leverage, weeding out duplicates, you know, this type of stuff, combinatorics, and give myself the best chance of winning first place, knowing that you're going to lose 90 plus percent of the time. You're playing, then you're playing to win once a year, twice a year. That's it. Can I win first place once or twice a year? If I could do that, I profit. I'm, I'm wildly profitable. And especially so since I'm not playing 150 lineups. I rarely play 150 lineups into anything. Basketball season comes around. I used to hand build 10 lineups. Hand build six lineups, 12 lineups, whatever. Usually it's an even number. Just that a you know, just sounds better. Who build who 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 builds 11 lineups? Or 17 lineups. Sounds weird. But as long as you're building lineups that are plus EV for the contest that it's in, what does it matter? Build three lineups. Just understand that winning first place is not... You're aiming to do that and win once a year. That's it. Build lineups that could win once a year. And then you win the 50,000 or 100,000 once a year. And obviously you're wildly profitable because you're only playing three, five entries or something. You're not playing 150. You're not, play, you're not putting in $2,500 a slate to do so. You're playing 150 entries. You have to you have to pretty much win first, like once a month. Like some on, on average, maybe it depends, it depends on, the, on the, the payout structure. But if you're playing 150 entries into every contest first, like you're going to, you you're going to have to win on, like, you would have to win, like, five or six times a year just to break even. Just to break even. For me, it's like, if I win once, 
I have a mild, I have a small profit. If I win twice, I'm very profitable because I don't play 150 entries. You don't have to. Brian Moth says, I've been using uh, percent uh, projected ownership cap and will try more manual trimming this week. I ended up with 50% uniques last week, but concerned I'm sacrificing win equity. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the balance. You could. I could I could just lock in all the, the six biggest underdogs into this lineup and get a unique lineup. I could leave 6,000 on the table and get a unique lineup, but what is what is that chance? What, what are the chances of that being winning lineup? Very, very low. But of course, you could lock in like, oh, the, the best the money line value, the line value type of lineup. And it's like, okay, that's duplicated 274 times. Like you, have, you have to find the middle in between that. I think the most important thing to start out is figure out what combos other people are more likely to be using and avoid those combos. And, and if the win, if the optimal lineup is a lineup that's tied 74 ways for first, then you just lose on this. Like you just lose. That's it. No one's profitable long-term on slates like that. So let, let the people yay about their $2,700, whatever, 74-way tie. Like I'm not going to build those lineups. But I think on this slate, people are going to avoid constructions that have the one of these two guys, Malarkey or Nergamagamadoff. Because of Onama. Like, Onama originally, he was on the card against Lingo, and then Lingo dropped out, and then he wasn't going to fight anyone. This was going to be an 11-fight card. And then he got put back on against a late-notice replacement that's fighting up a weight class. So I think Onama is going to be the highest-owned fighter on the entire slate. And then you have the main event favorite at 9K at Fizz Eve over here. So it's like, the two guys in between, they're not going to be low-owned. Like, we're not talking about 10% owned. But the combinations that involve these two guys, or one of those two guys at least, are going to be much, much less duplicated. So figure this type of lineup, instead of Onama and Fazeev, you're replacing one with Nermega Madoff and Malarkey. And by simply doing that, you're like upping your, your, you're removing your duplication chances by like 4x. Even though the ownership on these guys are like the high 20s, probably malarkey. These, these, it's not going to be this high. I think Nurmega Madoff is going to come in at like 26. Malarkey is going to come in at like 24. But they're going to be less combinations of those. Because Onama, Fiziv are going to be more. They're going to be more lineups that have both of them together. Now, obviously, if you play neither and you just say, I'm going to play Nurmega Madoff and Malarkey, that's, and don't play Onama or Fiziv, now you're going to run into many less combinations now you now you can play you can play ronnie lawrence and jared vandera and rafael dos Anjos in that type of line right you're down with 7500 i mean you're playing the main event underdog you're playing two 9k fighters neither of them being onama like even this may actually be a duplicated line i mean this this probably is over five this because i mean because the ownership is just really high on this but like this style of lineup, if you take a Vandera and you put in uh, uh, Cynthia Calvillo, right? And then he's 7,600 left. You leave money on the table and you play uh, uh, Petrosian. You leave 200, uh, 300 on the table. Like this lineup could be under five. You're leaving 300 on the table. That means like Nurmega Madoff and Malarkey both have to beat Onama because there's space for Onama to be in there. 
Right, so this line of Pedrosian gets a knockout, Lawrence gets a big, you know, eight takedown decision win. These combinations aren't going to be as used. And then once you start taking out Lawrence, you take out Lawrence and you put in Brundage and you leave an 800 on the table, this, this could be a unique lineup. Because you're not playing Onama, you're not playing Fiziev, you're not playing Jared Vandera, you're not playing Ronnie Lawrence. Like you're just avoiding those combinations completely. When you're playing MMA in large, especially large field, this is, this is, you should be looking at this first. Not who's going to win the fight. Who am I playing? Who am I not playing? Who's over-owned? Who's under-owned? What combinations are going to be the most used? What combinations are going to be the least used? And then depending on the field size, the contest that you're playing, then you, then you adjust based on that. So like I just showed you a 49-2 lineup that that's a, that's a large field lineup. But let's say you don't have to, if you don't want to play, uh, you know, you don't want to play that nuts, nuts so, right? You played Onama and Dos Anjos, who are going to be a popular combination. You take one of these guys, you take Malarkey, right? To get off of a common build. You still take Calvillo over Vandera or Ronnie Lawrence. You take Ronnie Lawrence's opponent for leverage in Kakramanov. You still have 8,100 left. And you t- and you and Trayshawn Gore may be a little bit popular, so you take Brundage there, and you'll you're leaving two hundred on the table, and you have a lineup like this, like this. This would be like a, a lineup for a small. This would be if you wanted to play the five fifty five or the two hundred three max. Like I could see playing a lineup like this, where you're still playing, you know, closely around right, because we're kind of jamming. Other than Dosanios, we're jamming that mid range. Remember what I said before. That's going to be the popular construction, jamming the mid-range. But it's jamming the mid-range, but not playing, but playing the opposite of Lawrence, not playing Jared Bandera. Right? Instead of Brundage, I could play Sherman in this lineup and get even more leverage. Leave 500 on the table and get leverage over the Lawrence people as well as the Bandera people. Right? You could do this. Like this would be a, this would be how you think in small field. Because if you put this combination in. Into large field, even leaving 500 on the table, maybe this is not unique. This may be under five. This this lineup may be under five. But you don't have to worry necessarily about uniqueness as much in the small field stuff. But you still want to get off popular combos. Onama plus Dos Anjos, very popular combo. But then once you start adding some of these other people in, not so much. But if you're going to go into, into... small field contest and, and go like, well, I'm going to play, I'm going to play Onama and I'm going to play Fazeev and I'm going to play Lawrence. Uh, and I, then I'm, I'm going to play Brundage. Right. And then I'm going to play 7,700. I'm going to play uh, Petrosian and then, then something, you know, whatever Kennedy and Juku. Like, like you're already gotten, once you get to Onama, Fazeev, Lawrence, you've like, there are going to be a lot of lineups that look like that. There may be 30 lineups in the contest that have all three fighters together out of 200. That's a popular combination. You don't want to compete against 30 other lineups. You want to compete against as little lineups as you can. So not playing the popular combination. You can still play popular fighters, just not in the same combinations that other people will play. Especially for, for the small, like for smaller field, you don't have to go nuts. I always say, you don't have to go nuts in small field contests, but still, it's still better 
to be a 3v3, 4v4 off of like a chalky combination than just being a 1v1 or a 2v2. It goes along with that type of concept. Ryan Moth asked, uh, do you think Lawrence is going to be higher than 31% given his fight style and previous boss stars? He could be. I think it'll be somewhere between 30, 30 and 35%. Because he's just an aggressive wrestler. But he's not that favored in this fight. Right? And his face, Kakramanov, is not a, it's not a slouch in the grappling department either. But yeah, I think Lawrence, 30 to 35, I don't, maybe not to 40%. I don't think Trey Shungar is going to be 33% though. Like there's the, there's stuff in, 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 in our ownership that like I would adjust for human, human bias purposes. Like Trey Gore, I would see in the mid twenties, Lawrence in the mid thirties. I don't think Vandere is even going to be this owned. He'll be in the low thirties. I don't think Shevchenko is going to be 25. She'll be like 18 to 20. Tercios may be higher due to box, box score watchers. He may come in at 32. Baraglio may come in at, I don't know, somewhere around, you know, like Fiziv. Like, I don't think Fiziv's going to be 39% down. I think he's going to be lower. But I don't think he's going to be 10% down. He's going to be like 30, but not 39. And I think Malarkey and Nermega Madoff are going to come down in ownership. They're going to both be in the low 20s rather than in the high 20s or low 30s. So, so I make these little adjustments. I think Sherman's going to be a little bit higher. Then Case, Casey looks fine. I think Zahab, Zahabi and Petrosian will be a little lower. I think Dos Anjos will be much higher than 28. I think Dos Anjos will be like 38. He's the most appealing underdog on the slate. 7,200, who wrestles. He's a name. And you really can't trust anyone else in this range. I may be playing a lot of Michael Johnson and Petrosian and some of these guys in large field. But I don't, I don't think people are wanting to want to click on the biggest underdog and guys that you can't trust at all. But go, okay, I'll take the I'll take the main event underdog. So I expect him to be much higher on than 28%. Uh, but feel free to take a shot. Like I'm gonna be building a lot of lineups that play one of these guys. Underneath here, not not those Andrews. That plays Zahabi or Petrosian or Johnson or Silva de Andraj. All these guys, it's it's a longer shot. Have knockout stuff. Have said that they can knock out their opponent. And if Tercios is going to be over thirty percent owned, if Baraglio is going to be around there, if and Malarkey and Nurmega Madoff, like in lineups that I'm not playing one of them. Michael Johnson can land. I mean, Malarkey's been knocked out. He was knocked out four months ago. Michael Johnson is old and not that good anymore, but he does have knockout power. Douglas Silva to Andrade. I I think Saeed Nurmagomedov wins this fight, but would I be shocked if, you know, one well-placed shot knocks him out in the first round? Or they struggle on the ground and scramble and DeAndrage puts in the RNC or something? I'm not, that could happen. And there's a couple of these guys like that, like Zahabi, Petrosian, Johnson, and, and Silva de Andrade. One of them pull, can one of them pull up the upset in the first round? Well, you'll be way over the field, and then you could just now play Onama plus one of these nine K guys, get the get the right combination of mid range guys, and and I think you'll be unique. 
So I'm going to be playing a lot of those type of combinations. But I don't know. But I'm I, I'm not favoring like any one of these fighters. Like it's not like well I'm going to play a lot more of Michael Johnson than anyone. No, just that I'm going to be playing the constructions that need a 7400, 7300, 7100, 7000 type of fighter that may not have a main event fighter in it. Like maybe it doesn't have Dos Anjos or Fiziev in the line. And then just playing Onama plus one of those guys plus Malarkey. If I'm playing Silva de Andrade and I'm playing Onama, Malarkey, right? And then you're playing the Silva de Andrade. And if you're playing Nurmega Madoff in the lineup, then you're playing Michael Johnson. If you're not playing Baralio, you're playing Petrosian. If you're not playing Tercios, you're playing Zahavi. Like making those types of combinations. As many of those as I can. Because I'm going to be way under on Fiziev. It's, it's hard for me to see him being getting 100 plus points outside of the first round. Maybe not even the maybe not even the first two rounds. And even if he does, he, there are plenty of people here that could outscore. Let's say Fiziev, first round knockout, not a quick win bonus, is 108 points. Well, there are plenty of people that could score over 108, right? He's not he's not going to wrestle. So like I'm not I'm not that concerned about about you know third round finish with a bunch of control time. Like that's it, it, it's a lot unlikely to happen. But once it gets past the at least once it gets past the second round, Fazeev's dead. I don't see him scoring well in a decision. Just not a high volume striker. Good striker. And he also maybe maybe uh, defending takedowns a ton which will just suck the fantasy points out of you. That means you're not doing anything. It's if you're getting held and clinched against the cage. But of course, I say that just like with any other main event favorite, it goes out, you know, goes four rounds, puts up like 7 million significant strikes, and ends up with 142 points for no reason. Right, Ryan in chat says, I'm going to be over on MJ also. It'll be painful. Yes, I know. I said that on the podcast. If you listen to the premium podcast, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Two hours of fight breakdowns and strategy stuff. I said, you know, I'm going to have some lineups. that I'm going to have a bunch of lineups that have Chase Sherman and Michael Johnson. In. It doesn't make me feel good. Joshua Frick says, uh, with RDA pace he fights at, uh, do you think this is one of the weeks we can have a losing fighter in the winning lineup? Yeah, and if there's going to be a losing fighter in the winning lineup, which means like pretty much all the favorites win, the most likely losing fighter that scores the most is Rafael Dos Anjos. So he has more usefulness there also. But remember, the, on, the, only, the only way that a losing fighter could be in the lineup well, most likely. I mean, of course, there are losing fighters that put up 7 million points for no apparent reason. Uh, but most, the most likely scenario is because everyone 7,900 or above, or even 7,800 or above won. But once you get one of the, anyone, someone under 7,800 to win, it's very hard for a losing fighter to be in the, 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 the optimal lineup. But if we only get like if Roberson and Brundage are, are in Kakramanov for like dogs that win, like a losing fighter may still be in the the lineup because you just can't fit them all in. But I, you don't play for that scenario. It just it, if it happens, it happens. 
But on a, on a card with only one five rounder, when that does happen, it's most the the main event underdog has a significantly higher chance of being that highest scoring losing fighter. That it's more you're more you're getting more usefulness out of. There's nothing to do with his style, even. It has to do with the fact that it'll go five rounds and a, a decision loss in five rounds. Much, much two two extra rounds of scoring than a three round fight that ends in a decision loss. Yet we do see some of those fights. We do see, you know, uh, someone that dominates on the ground for like one round and scores like thirty five points, and then the second round gets some domination but then gets dropped. Right, and then loses the third round. Whatever he gets reversed or whatever, and he end. The losing fighter has sixty eight points in a three round. And the winning fighter barely may not even outscore that. Right, the winning fighter has sixty four, and the losing fighter has sixty eight, because the other guy only had thirty four points, plus the decision win is thirty. Right, you you see that on occasion. That's typically. Heavily aggressive, an aggressive wrestler that manages to lose two rounds, even while being dominant in some in some capacity. That happens. It happens on occasion. Okie doke. I think that's uh, that we, we we covered kind of the the bare basic stuff for uh, tomorrow's UFC card. Uh, Twelve fights, DraftKings at six six p.m. Eastern. Okay, we're getting it's a uh, it's a it's a mid. I don't want the late, late ones. Like, the pay-per-view is I could deal with, right? Because they're pay-per-views. I get it. I like when they're early. I like when, well, the 1 o'clock Eastern cards. I love those. We got 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, if you're signed up for Roto-Grinders Combo Premium, you'll get all the MMA content. Our expert survey should be coming out later today. I still have to fill it. I still have to write. I still have to fill my, my part out. Uh, we have the, the Premium Podcast, which will be should be coming out. Should be out. I don't know. Probably in the RG app. Audio, video, you really don't even need the video, but the audio should be out. Uh, and then we'll be constant, we'll be updating the the, the projected ownership. Uh, Moneyball 16 does that, uh, you know, once or twice a day and the projections. And uh, if you want to ask any, any further questions, you could always join me in the premium discord in the Blenders Game Theory channel or the MMA chat. We have the MMA channel. If you want to ask MMA questions, go in the MMA channel. There'll be people there. Right, you could ask me. You could ask Moneyball or or uh, uh, Mike Brown, H three Buddha, in the MMA channel. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Hit that thumbs up button. Your new way out the door. Give me those dummy thumbs. You know, don't punch me in the face, but give me those dummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you are new here. Hit the notification bell to always know when we go live on this channel later today. 14-game MLB slate. They'll be covering it all at 5 o'clock Eastern. 6.20 Eastern is crunch time. You'll get all the weather updates. I don't, I don't know if there is weather today. There obviously is weather. I don't know if there's bad weather today. Uh, we'll find that out later on. They'll lead you up into lock, presented by FanDuel, for all the, the big MLB slate, which I'll be, I'll be playing tonight. And then, uh, then we got UFC tomorrow, uh, and then I'll be back on Monday. Right, Monday, we just keep on going. Keep on going. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I normally do. On the DFS pregame show. On rotogrinders.com. <laughs>